Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear Director of Education and Training, Andy Yanoni in conversation with Corte Ballet dancer Cameron Baldwin. This episode was recorded on Friday, February 22nd, 2019, before a performance of Program 3, In Space and Time, featuring choreography by Helgi Thomason, Kathy Marston, and Harold Lander. Hope you enjoy. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interview. I'm Andy Yanoni. I'm the Director of Education and Training here at the Ballet, and I'm delighted to welcome Cameron Baldwin as our guest. Hi, everyone. Thank you. Thank you all for coming this evening. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you that the Meet the Artist uh, podcasts are uh, recorded and available on your favorite podcast app. Also, San Francisco Ballet offers opportunities for audiences to learn more about ballet, including ballet classes for adults. Please visit our website for more information. So Cameron, we've known each other for a long time since you were in San Francisco Ballet School. I feel like I've seen you grow up really truly from a talented student to an amazing, lovely artist. Um, it's really a joy to see you and all of our former students on stage. And here we are having this opportunity yeah. to chat. <laughs> so can you tell the audience about your early training, where you grew up and so forth? So I was born in Hawaii. So my training started at a school called Hawaii State Ballet. Um, and then we moved to Philadelphia when I was nine, I want to say. And um, I joined a school called Metropolitan Ballet Academy. And I was there until I was 14. Um, I auditioned for the summer program for San Francisco, actually, just because my friends were going. And <laughs> I was like, sure, I'll join along for the ride. Um, Patrick Armand actually taught my audition, the director of the school here. And I got in um, with a full scholarship dancing and for housing. So, of course, my parents were like, see you there, see you in San Francisco. Um, I came here and I um, asked to be... Uh, to see if they would let me into the school. It's like right at the end of the summer program. Yes. They ask if you want to be considered. So I did, again, just sure, why not? And I got into the school here. Um, I spent two years in the school, and then I got hired into the core. And here we are. <laughs> so... It, that sounds like a really quite an easy journey, but moving across the country at age 14 to live in our student housing, I don't know if you all know, but the San Francisco Ballet School does have a student residence for about 28 students. So you were living there, you had to cook your own meals, do your own shopping, do your own laundry, live in a community. How, how uh, did that help you to mature as a person? And then how did, how did um, that influence your dancing? Well, 
Hmm. I don't know. I just, I got along well with everyone in the house. It's like you're a kid and you're living, well, I felt like a kid. (laughs) Um, You're living with all your friends in a house in San Francisco and you go and you dance. And at that point, it's kind of easy because, you know, you just kind of show up and it's the routine and you're focusing on yourself and just technique and you kind of get lost in it. And you're learning all of this, and I don't know, it just, I don't know, it just kind of happened. (laughs) And how did your family adjust to you being away? Um, I think they were fine. I think they didn't want me to know that they were upset, because now we talk about it, and (laughs) it makes me kind of sad that (laughs) they, you know, it's hard. I was 14 when I left. I'm sure that's difficult. But I also have two siblings, so they were busy. <laughs> but, yeah. And so you joined the company at age 16. So she went directly from the school's level eight. Uh, she did not go into the trainee program. She was not an apprentice. She went directly into the corps de ballet. That's really quite an accomplishment. So what was that transition like from being in the school where people are telling you what to do kind of every minute of every day to all of a sudden now being an adult and in the company? Um, It was hard because um, I had not seen it coming at all. I also never really had a moment where I knew that I wanted ballet to be my career. It always was just kind of something that happened Um, it kind of, not like ballet chose me, but it gave me a life and it moved me places and I just kind of followed wherever it took me. And it was hard to transition because no one prepares you for any of that. Um, I was 16 when I got hired. I think by the time the season started, I had turned 17. I had some years, maybe the first two years where it was still the thing where it was fun and I just would show up and it still kind of felt like I was in the school because I would see all the same people and I was very familiar with the space so it wasn't a total shock um and then you realize the responsibility (laughs) and it became more of um obviously a job but it's still fun and you still enjoy doing it and putting all of your energy into it but it was definitely tough when I had that kind of realization of oh my gosh what have I been doing you know um but I learned a lot from just sitting and watching just on my free time just sitting in the audience and I think yeah did you watch a lot of rehearsals and company classes when you were in the school Um, not so much rehearsals, but definitely shows. Um, yeah, there'd always be a group of us in standing room just watching the shows because it was easily accessible, which is good. Interesting. So if you weren't thinking about career, uh, career in ballet, what were you thinking your career might be? Right now or at the time? At the time. Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't really thinking about it. (laughs) I guess you don't really think about it when you're 15 or 16. (laughs) 
So right now, are you, as you're maturing into your career, are you thinking about what the next phase of your life might be? Um, or are you simply enjoying what I'm you're doing? I'm just enjoying. I'm here. <laughs> Excellent. So this is your fourth season with the company. And looking back on the last few years, what has been the most satisfying role or most interesting? Um, I think, well, obviously every role is satisfying, of course. Um, you feel like you've accomplished something. You spend all this time and you finally do it on stage. and So that's its own thing, but... Um, one of the most challenging, which made it more satisfying, I guess, was um, I was in David Dawson's Anima Animus. It was my first time being choreographed on professionally. And um, they say you grow when you're uncomfortable or when it's, you know, when you're in challenge. And I grew a lot. <laughs> um, it was really difficult for me. Um, at the time, because I'm used to just watching from afar and kind of being more in that space rather than up close with, you know, someone in your face. And um, But yeah, that was definitely my most, I enjoyed that one the most, I think. And what about touring? Has, has touring been fun? Has, has it been invigorating? Has your family been able to come see you? Uh, touring has been interesting. It's always fun. Um, my first tour with the company was to China. And I'd never left the country before. And I was still, you know, rather young. And the first or maybe second day, I completely shattered my phone, <laughs> which in, you know, another country is obviously your, your lifeline. It's your maps, it's your communication, it's everything. So that was a bit, it was already a shock because I'm in China, and then I didn't have a phone, so it was kind of, I felt. But the ballet was fine, and the dancing was good, and all of that, so that's what's important. But, <laughs> and then... Um, How did you resolve the phone issue? I just had to wait until I got here. Ah, waiting. Mm, yes. <laughs> Big learning curve. Um, and my second tour was actually to Iceland, which was very unexpected. I got called. I was still, our season had finished. They got already announced who was going on tour, who was doing what, and I had made plans to go back to my home studio um, to do a guesting with them. And so I was getting ready for that, so I was still in town, and they called me the night before they left to go to Iceland. And they told me I had to dance in Iceland. Pack your stuff. We're going. Let's go. So I did that. And that was fun and, and interesting. What did you dance? I did rubies. Um, yeah. And um, when you got home from Iceland, did you go back home to Pennsylvania? Yeah. So I came. I had about six hours. I unpacked the cold Iceland weather clothes, and I repacked the warm Philadelphia summer clothes and called an Uber, and I was on my way. <laughs> and the next day, I was uh, in the theater rehearsing Rosa Dagia, so. 
That sounds like fun. <laughs> so when you're traveling and when you're on the road and you know you have to dance, do you have a routine that's different from how you prepare when you're at home in your own familiar environment? Um, no, it's pretty much the same. If anything, it's um, less because a suitcase can only fit so much, but for most part the same. So what is your routine? You get up in the morning. I wake up really late. I'm always late. But you're not late for class. No, never late for class. I'm always there in class. Um, I wake up. I have some breakfast. Watch the news, maybe. I come to Bali. We have class at 10. <clears throat> um, depending on the day. We could talk about today. My rehearsal yeah. today. Okay. So. <laughs> Yeah, I came here and, well, actually across the street, had class, had some rehearsals, ran across the street to come here to have a rehearsal, ran back across the street to go there to have a rehearsal, and now I'm here. <laughs> Do you have a special eating habit? Do you have special foods that you enjoy or that give you fuel to dance? Mm-hmm. Ideally, yes. You know, meat and vegetables are an important thing. But sometimes you just have to eat what makes you happy. And what is that? I really like bread and potatoes. Like a true Pennsylvania girl. <laughs> I'm from Pennsylvania, too. <laughs> So this season, you've already had uh, some wonderful opportunities with featured roles. Uh, what, uh, what were you most excited about as the season was unfolding? It's a bit hard because in the beginning of our season, um, from about July to January, aside from Nutcracker, um, you just kind of get in the motion, so you show up and you rehearse whatever it is that day. So I feel like I just prepare for things as they come. Mm -hmm. It's too overwhelming for me to see the whole season. It kind of stresses me out. <laughs> um, also, it's you never know. Sometimes there's not enough time to rehearse certain things, or maybe you will get thrown on because of injuries or sickness or whatever it may be. Um, something I really enjoyed dancing recently was in Don Q. I was one of the friends. That was fun. A lot of fun, actually. <laughs> it was my first time playing that sort of character. I had a lot of fun with it. But. And who was your other friend? Tamiris Chuvas. So I heard you guys were the Tam Cam girls. Tam oh, Cam. right. Tammy and Cammy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of confusing, but we got with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. So do you approach learning a role in a full length differently from a role in uh, one of the rep programs? Um, I guess so. In the full length, you're a character. You're telling a very specific story, and so you have to kind of see where your character fits in with everything. Um, I feel like with with story ballets, you have to 
yes, think about the technical things, but as far as acting goes, it, you have to make it more natural. So if you know you have a, in your head a certain way you're going to do it, and you know maybe one principle does it different from the other, and they say, "How are you?" and you're like, "Where's Kitri?" It doesn't make sense, you know. So I feel like you kind of have to know the story very well enough to be ready for anything. And as far as, let's say, a repertory piece, you can you kind of have more freedom with it. It's not this. You have an idea or a mood, but it's not like it um, is you're telling a story. You're telling, I don't know. <laughs> you're telling a story probably in a different kind of yes, way. Yeah, with movement rather than with, pantomime I guess <laughs> makes sense so tonight's program is Helgi's uh, fifth season Kathy Marston's Snowblind and Etudes and we're going to see you in Etudes is that correct don't look too closely <laughs> are you in the white tutu yes so as a dancer you've been taking class all of your life since how how, how old were you when you took your first class Second when I was three. Right. So since age three, you've been taking ballet. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got this ballet, about <laughs> a ballet class. How is it different to perform well, that piece? Ideally, it's a ballet class. But this ballet class, I've never taken in my life. <laughs> um, it's, etudes is particularly challenging for me because it's everything that I struggle with <laughs> in one ballet. So um, I do the Grand Plié, which is actually, it's added some years to my life, I feel like. <laughs> it's very stressful. Um, there's a bit where we all do 24 fuertes. And before this ballet, I've never done fuertes on stage. And I kind of avoid them in class most days. So it's really a shock to the system, but it's also really rewarding because, because it's stuff that I struggle with. So, But the fuetes have been going well. <laughs> so I understand that you might be performing on Sunday in fifth season. Is that true? Yes. And um, how have you been preparing? Um, well, we haven't had much time. We're working on Sleeping Beauty, and we've been doing etudes every night. So uh, mostly in my living room at home <laughs> and in my dreams. <laughs> Um, but we had a stage rehearsal today and it felt pretty good. We'll see. Can't wait. Yeah. See you then. <laughs> so I think we can open it up for questions from the audience. Does anyone have a question for Cameron? Yes, ma'am. So let me repeat the question. The question was, how do you incorporate academics with your ballet training? That I paraphrase. <laughs> um, so I'm 
going to be completely honest. Um, I already had, so when I was living in Philadelphia, um, my ballet school had a bit of a partnership with Pennsylvania Ballet when it was with its old director. So we would go, and I had done the children's roles um, from maybe 9 to about 13. And at 14, they hired me to do company roles with them. So I had to leave school. Um, so I was already out of school before I came here. And I was doing, the host mom I was living with at the time was a teacher. So she could kind of give me my, I would do school with her and she would take it to someone who would make sure that it was all fine and give me my credits and whatever. Um, and then when I moved here, I had to do cyber school online. They're all different. The one I had done was particularly hard. Um, it required more hours than possible. So I kept up with it for as long as I could. But when I was hired, um, since I was a minor, I had to either hold a part of my paycheck um, until I was 18 because of old Hollywood movie actress laws. It's kind of the same thing. And then, so I just wanted to kind of get it over with, so I went home and I got my GED. I had only about, because the school season ends maybe about two weeks, three weeks before the company season starts. And so I didn't have much time. So I just went home, I took the test, and... That was it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. JC, what's your question? Uh, JC, who's actually visiting here from Cameron's homeschool in Philadelphia, has asked, what kind of advice would you give to a young dancer who is looking for a year-round program? Um... Um, I'm trying to think of what I needed to hear when I came. Would it be around um, independence and following the rules and I don't know. <laughs> yes, do that. That's important. <laughs> call your mom. Call your mom. <laughs> call your dad. Call everyone. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'd say whenever you're in the studios, like I said, I did a lot of watching. I like to just sit and watch and sit and listen and just kind of always be um, present to what's going on because there are so many, you know, different people that have so many different things to offer and so many different ways of learning. And... I learned a lot from my classmates. That's very important as well. Um, listen to your teachers. <laughs> They're trying to help you. <laughs> Might not always seem like it, but yeah. And just don't forget that you love it. Ah, uh, that is so, that just gave me goosebumps. Don't forget you love it. Thank you. <laughs> yes, sir. Did you have any mentors here? Um, none officially. 
Um, I definitely, my first year in the school, we had Sophia and Sylv teach us a lot. And I could really relate. And she has a very amazing way of explaining feelings, um, how you should be feeling when you dance, which is kind of hard. I taught my first class not too long ago, and it's extremely difficult to explain a feeling. I don't know why. Um, But she has a really, I don't know, we just, it kind of clicked with me, her way of explaining things and showing and... um, So, in my mind, I had a mentor, but I'm not sure if she knows. (laughs) But she's definitely someone I looked up to a lot and tried to mimic as much as I could when I was learning. Thanks. Yes, babe. How do you keep your balance when opening (laughs) Well, it's actually funny. Um, I'm backstage, and we're we're with everyone, and... You know, you hear curtain going out, and it's kind of like, okay, you're fine, you're fine. The light hits, you're fine, you're fine. And then the music starts, and you realize that everyone is watching you. <laughs> um, it's, it's really hit or miss. I, mostly, I, I like to hit it, but... <laughs> um, oh, thanks. <laughs> I try to keep one focus, like pick a spot and yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to think about it too much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so the question is, and not to put you on the spot, if you had to make a request of people of, for something that would make the lives of young dancers uh, better, what would it be? Like, like in the company? Or in, in the, the company? company? Yes, in the company. Hmm. That's hard because you learn a lot when you're new to a company. Um, I think perhaps that's part of the role of the trainee program which bridges the gap between uh, the school and the company for many, many dancers. That's true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think. You skipped that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when did you know you were going to be part of the MTA, and what's the incentive? Um, I knew maybe... Way too long ago, because I had way too much time to stress about it. Um, <laughs> maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. What day is it? Friday? Friday. Maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Yeah. The incentive is that it's recorded, and my mom can send it to all of her friends. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> that is very sweet. That is very sweet. I think we have time for one more quick question. Yes. What's it like to prepare for a role when you have a short period of time? Um, Like I said, a lot of it is in my living room. Um, It's kind of a lot of late nights because you're performing while also rehearsing for the next program. So, for example, tonight we finish around 10.15. I'll get home maybe 10.30. I have some things I need to look at. 
so it'll be maybe 11.45. It's really tiring, but it's just what you do. I don't know. It's the life. (laughs) It's the life. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you for sharing your evening with us. Thank you guys for coming. And thank you, everyone. Enjoy the program tonight. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.